Hello and welcome to this week's Wildcat Scoop podcast, brought to you by WildcatAuthority.com. I am senior editor, Jason Shear, and uh, we, we have quite a bit to talk about <laughs> this week. Um, we're going to start with the football game, and, and we'll get to the other stuff, the red and blue game, in a, in a separate podcast, just because there's so much um, to talk about. But uh, this week is a big game against the UCLA Bruins on, on Saturday night, and uh, I know I said that last week. I'm not trying to repeat myself, I promise, but the reality of the situation is if Arizona wants to make a bowl game, whether it's a high-level bowl or the Cheez-It Bowl or whatever bowl, any postseason game, uh, it, it probably has to beat UCLA. It, it's hard to imagine a scenario where Arizona gets to six or seven wins without one of them being UCLA. And, and I feel like this game's a little weird because it's pretty obvious what most people would have thought had the Washington State game never happened. And the Washington State game happens, UCLA comes down from 49-17. to 17. Most people shut uh, their TVs off. Uh, Jace Whitaker said that he shut us off and he didn't know until the next day. Uh, other guys said that they shut it off. Uh, Bryce Woolman said that he actually had it on in the background and, and wasn't paying attention, but was with a bunch of friends. And all of a sudden, someone pointed out that UCLA had come back. So most people uh, probably shut that game off with the assumption that it was over. Uh, but then something crazy happened. UCLA won that game. Uh, and, and the reason why they won that game is because uh, a handful of factors. Number one, their uh, their offense went nuts. Uh, here's his team that, that has not been good offensively. Uh, Arizona's been better uh, offensively, even though UCLA has faced better opponents. But uh, offensively, they, they went nuts. I mean, they started that game running four tight end sets uh, in these formations that you would look at and say, that that's not going to work. And they, it didn't work at all. I mean, that's why UCLA had 17 points at halftime. Uh, and then all of a sudden, uh, they, they go to a spread offense, and DTR goes from being one of the worst quarterbacks, if not the worst quarterback in the conference, to looking like the guy could win a Heisman tomorrow. Um, and, and so it, it, was, it was crazy. I mean, he finished with uh, 507 yards at five touchdowns and then ran for two more. It's it just insane numbers. Uh, and then you, you take a look uh, defensively, and, and they got a bunch of help with the fumbles. I mean, Washington State lost four fumbles and threw two interceptions. That's six turnovers. So it's a weird game because UCLA doesn't make that comeback, even as good as the offense looked. UCLA doesn't make that comeback unless Washington State hands six turnovers. I shouldn't say hands. I mean, the Bruins deserve credit. They're, they're very active uh, around the ball. They like to kind of strip the ball from the opponent, and, and that's something that they'll do uh, against Arizona. But six turnovers is a lot. I mean, most teams, uh, and I know it kinda, it's kind of funny that the number six, because Arizona for six turnovers against Hawaii and, and still lost the game, but uh, Washington State lost the game because of those six turnovers. Uh, and it was six turnovers that they made, and UCLA almost lost that game by with forcing six turnovers. So really just a, a weird overall game, and I think it's much more difficult to analyze Saturday's matchup between Arizona and UCLA knowing what happened with the Washington State. Like if Arizona, I'm sorry, if UCLA had been blown out against Washington State 
and, and the Bruins are still running that power offense type of stuff, uh, you would pick Arizona probably. But now all of a sudden, you have a completely different offense. You have an op- opportunistic defense. You have a team that came back from 32 points down. It, it, it changes things. Maybe it shouldn't. Maybe UCLA isn't what we saw against Washington State, and it was a fluke. And that makes it difficult, again, to take a look and evaluate what we could see Saturday. Does UCLA open up with that spread offense that we saw in the second half? Or does it open up with that power offense, and if that works, so be it? Uh, is, is it a defense that may not be very good at stopping? Because at the end of the day, I mean, UCLA still gave up uh, 720 yards. They still gave up. 570 passing yards, 150 rushing yards to a team that doesn't run a lot. Um, they still gave up seven yards a rush against Washington State. So it's not like the defense played well, but it was opportunistic. So is this a team that's going to force turnovers on Saturday, or is it a team that's going to allow Arizona to just run all over them? I mean, it's really difficult to, uh, to figure out. It really is, um, because we just don't know what UCLA team we're going to see. And it makes it harder, forget me evaluating the game. Uh, you know, I, I was talking to Trevon Mason, defensive lineman, and I said, does it make it more difficult when you're watching film? And he said, absolutely. I mean, we don't really know what to expect. Maybe we'll know early on in the game probably by, by how they line up because it's not like they're going to go spread power, spread power. Um, it, it's more of a, an adjustment they made at halftime against Wazoo. But – when they're watching tape, they have to pre- prepare for a spread team, and they have to prepare for a, a more of a power team. And it makes it really difficult to do for that Arizona defense because that Arizona defense isn't the best, as, as we know. Uh, played poorly against Hawaii, played poorly for a half against NAU, but then played great against Texas Tech. And so it, it's going to be really interesting. I don't want to say it, comes, it all comes down to coaching, but I'm really curious to see what Marcel Yates throws out there. Um, you know, if I'm Marcel Yates, I'm probably going with that three linebacker set that they played against Texas Tech, and I'm aggressively run blitzing because even though DTR uh, threw for 500 yards, I, I think UCLA's success starts on the ground. Uh, you know, if Josh Kelly, Demetri Felton, if those guys get going, Arizona's going to likely lose this football game. Josh Kelly hasn't been his normal self this year, due in large part to injury, but that doesn't take away the fact that that, that he's a talented running back. I mean, he only has 194 yards. He's only averaging 3.7 yards per carry. Uh, but, of course, his best game of the year uh, comes the week before they play Arizona. He, he looked better. He looked closer to normal uh, against Washington State than he has uh, all year. And, and so we don't really know the Josh Kelly that we're going to get. We assume that he's improved. Dimitri Felton, to me, is one of the best weapons uh, in the Pac-12. I mean, this is a guy where... He can catch it out of the backfield. He had seven catches, 150 yards, two touchdowns, took one of those 94 yards. He's that explosive playmaker where you say, hey, UCLA may be overmatched, uh, but they, when you have a guy like Felton, um, similar to Khalil Tate on Arizona, when you have a guy like Felton, uh, things could get interesting. I mean, he could, he could really uh, uh, break some tackles and, and do some special things. So... It's going to be really interesting to see how the Arizona offense attacks UCLA. Uh, to me, when you have Anthony Pandy, uh, Tony Fields, and Colin Schooler, they should be on the field at the same time uh, pretty much at all times. I love that formation. You put Jace Whitaker in the slot. 
You take away a guy like Chase Cota on UCLA. If Theo Howard's back, it allows you some flexibility there. Uh, UCLA's wide receivers are decent but not spectacular. So a guy like Christian Roland Wallace should be able to do well. He did well against Texas Tech. Uh, a guy like Lorenzo Burns should be able to do well. And then you allow Scotty Young to move forward on the line uh, and, and stop the run, similar to what he tried to do uh, against Tech. I think the defense overall is better in that situation uh, when, when that package is on the field. Um, so, you know, taking a look at UCLA's offense, which is what we've been doing, uh, the Bruins are going to score points. I would be really surprised if UCLA didn't find a way uh, to get some points on the board because, you know, I they scored 14 points the first three games of the season and they scored 63, sorry, 67 against Washington State. They're obviously, I don't think anyone's going to argue that they're, uh, they're that team. They're not going to score 67 points against Arizona. I mean, you would hope not. If they do, uh, I feel safe saying Arizona has lost that game. Um, so you assume they're not going to score 67 points uh, against um, against Arizona. With that being said, uh, UCLA's offense is good enough to score. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Um, you know, you, you take a look overall. Uh, Arizona's, it's weird because Arizona's hasn't allowed a ton of rushing yards, but they've allowed 4.8 yards per attack. And I'm sure UCLA say, sees that uh, and says, all right, you know, we're, we're probably going to try to establish the run. And, and then not only that, but uh, we've talked at length about Arizona's pass rush, and uh, that's another situation that, that's going to be interesting. I mean, do they do they be aggressive against DTR? Because if they are overly aggressive, he has no problem running the ball. Do they spy him? Maybe, even though he's not as good of a runner as a guy like Khalil Tate. I don't think he's worth spying necessarily, but it's another decision that uh, Marcel Yates and company uh, has to keep an eye on. Uh, to me, the biggest thing offensively, because I, I do feel that DTR is going to get his yards. Uh, I do feel, as I said, that Arizona should focus on stopping the run. Uh, to me, the big thing is that UCLA offensive line this year has not been good. Uh, you know, you could say inconsistent if you want to put it nicely, but it hasn't been good. It hasn't been healthy. Losing Mike Alvis was a big deal. They played a true freshman a little bit, Duke Clemens, against Wazoo. Maybe he doesn't play as much. They were just trying to rotate things. But either way, uh, that UCLA offensive line is not good, and, and we're not going to pretend like it is. If Arizona can't get a pass rush against UCLA, it's probably not getting one all year. And, and so that it, it, that goes back to the defensive strategy also is, you know, does Marcel Yates try early to be aggressive uh, because that offensive line is not good? Um, and, and so uh, there's just so much coaching decisions, so many coaching decisions that I'm really curious about with this game uh, and, and how to attack how uh, how Arizona will attack UCLA's um, offense defensively uh, for for UCLA. It, it's a weird situation again. Khalil Tate has been limited uh, in practice because of that uh, hamstring injury he suffered against Texas Tech. He has not thrown the ball uh, according to sources as much as he he normally would in, in practice. Um, that doesn't mean he's not going to play. My my guess is uh, he will play. But 
it's going to be interesting because if he really doesn't throw in the next few days with practice, like if he didn't throw today, for instance, on Thursday or Wednesday, it's going to be really interesting. Uh, it's a dangerous situation to say to a quarterback, you don't have to throw in two weeks but uh, or throw as much in two weeks uh, against live action, but we're going to throw you uh, against uh, a team no matter how good defensively they are. It's a difficult situation. J.J. Uh, Taylor is limited. Last I heard, uh, he, he was pretty banged up. He's one of the toughest kids on the team, so if he can't play, um, it's the type of situation where he's not playing because he can't. I mean, he's going to give it his go. Uh, It's similar to a high ankle sprain. I don't know if they're calling it a high ankle sprain, but it's similar from what I understand. It's presenting itself like that, so it'll be. he's probably a game-time decision. The good thing is, from Arizona's perspective, as good as J.J. Taylor is, uh, it's not like they don't have plenty of talent. At, at running back. Gary Brightwell might be a better running back than J.J. Taylor, which is crazy to say because J.J. Taylor is an all-American running back, but Gary Brightwell might be better. Um, we saw what he did against Texas Tech. He runs with power. He's harder to bring down. He's not as shifty as Taylor, but he's actually faster, even though he's bigger. Brightwell might be the fastest guy on the team. Um, and with Brightwell, you have Michael Wiley, Bam Smith, um, those guys will get carries probably whether or not whether J.J. Taylor is healthy or not. So I don't think Arizona is going into this game saying, oh, yeah, you know, J.J. Taylor's not playing, but we have an issue uh, at running back because of a lack of depth. I think everybody by now that has watched Arizona knows that those running backs are fine. Um, so if, there's a, if, if there was a position on the field where Arizona could afford to lose a guy because of injury for a week or two, it's at running back because there's a lot of talent. Um, and Arizona should be able to run the ball. When you watch UCLA, they actually are, are, are pretty good. Uh, they're pretty good in between the tackles. Uh, against Wazoo, they went w- with a smaller uh, a smaller defensive front, probably because they realized that Wazoo was going to, um, Wazoo was going to throw the ball. Uh, it didn't work, <laughs> obviously. Uh, it didn't work, and it, it's an interesting decision because not only did it not work in stopping the pass and getting to the quarterback, even though they had some luck late in the game, um, it didn't work against the run at all. I mean, like I said, they they allowed seven yards to carry to a team that, that doesn't run the whole, a whole lot. My guess is that UCLA goes back to its bigger defensive line. That means with Antonio Mafi and Atito Ogbania, I think I pronounced that right. Uh, my guess is those guys... Uh, play the majority of the snaps. Mafi's 360 pounds, big kid, uh, 6'3". Ogbania, 6'4", 330. Those are big dudes. Uh, with that being said, they're probably the best part of the defense, especially in between the tackles. Uh, the issue is because of their size, Arizona doesn't have to run in between the tackles. They like to a little bit, but Mazzoni likes to attack the edges. So UCLA's defensive strength doesn't necessarily play to Arizona's offensive strength. Arizona's going to attack the edges. They're going to try to go at and try to get UCLA in space because UCLA's defense has not tackled well uh, at all this season, at all. So Arizona's going to attack UCLA, try to make the UCLA defenders make plays with the run game, really attack the edge, go to that two-back set where they kind of split guys and maybe they have Brightwell and Wiley. Wiley goes out wide. It's worked very well because it kind of releases the middle of the field, having to follow that extra back or at least create some confusion a little bit sometimes. So that's the strategy I would assume uh, that they go with. 
passing-wise, uh, UCLA on paper should be better than they are. Darnay Holmes, I don't think anyone would argue that he's not a really good cornerback. The problem is that he was injured, and then he came back, uh, and he hasn't been good. He hasn't been good at all. And against Washington State, uh, he got burned over the top quite a bit. Now, I do expect there to be a jump from the Washington State game to now because if he's healthier, um, then he should be fine every week he gets healthier. But he's just not the same guy that he was last season. And he's one of, to me, he's one of the key players on UCLA's defenses. You know, it, what does Darnay Holmes look like? Because if he's not covering Cedric Peterson, Brian Castillo, whoever it may be, if he's not covering them successfully, Arizona's winning this game. Uh, you know, it, and then the key is, do they put him on Cedric Peterson? Because no offense to Cedric Peterson, he's not, even though he's on the outside, he's not Arizona's best playmaker. Uh, the wide receiver situation is actually, it, it poses some uh, difficulties for opposing defenses because there's not that dominant guy. Uh, Cedric Peterson has had a few big catches this year. He hasn't been awful. They have Castile. Tavian Cunningham is probably the best wide receiver on the team. They have Jamari Joyner. They have Stanley Berryhill. None of those guys have dominant numbers, but they're all capable of playing well. And so the other guys on UCLA, the ones that have struggled quite a bit, those are the guys that are really going to have to step up. Because even if you get uh, quality, even if you get quality play from Darnay Holmes, overall uh, that passing defense has not been great. Uh, Elijah Gates and, and Jay Shaw have not been good at all. Quentin Lake is injured; he's a solid, solid player, uh, but he's questionable and probably doubtful for this weekend. So it comes down to Elijah Gates and, and Jay Shaw. Maybe they, they play and they try to get some uh, rotation, rotation in there. But either way, Arizona will face better secondaries this year. Um, Khalil Tate is going to have that deep ball available because you assume, or at least I assume, that uh, UCLA is going to spy Tate. Um, and, and then they're going to probably be aggressive in the run blitz to try to take that away and, and make Khalil Tate uh, more of a runner, similar to what Texas Tech did. Now, if you remember against Texas Tech, they had that strategy. Mazzoni called a great play, a counter uh, quarterback keeper play, and Tate ran for an 84-yard touchdown, and that completely changed everything that Tech wanted to do defensively. And to me, that was probably the key part of the game because, as you remember, Keith Patterson, Texas Tech defensive coordinator, loves to blitz. Can't blitz anymore. Once you run with a quarterback untouched, 84-yard touchdown, you can't blitz because that means that once Khalil breaks that first level, you're allowing touchdowns to him every day. And so it's going to be an interesting decision from UCLA how they attack Arizona's offense. But I don't think Mazzoni's strategy is going to change a ton. The only thing that would concern me is that if Khalil Tate is truly injured, if that hamstring is truly an issue, then maybe you don't see as many designed runs. And the design runs against Tech worked pretty well. And if Khalil Tate isn't able to run like his normal self, maybe he is. Maybe he's healthy and they held him out for a reason because he would be healthy and able to run. But if he is unable to run against UCLA, Arizona's offense changes dramatically. I mean, it really changes dramatically. And it becomes a major issue because even though that UCLA defense isn't good, uh, it, it – 
it makes Arizona's offense more predictable. It takes away what's easily at the most dangerous part, and it almost makes you wonder if a guy like Grant Gunnell should play him a, a bit because even though I like Khalil Tate, I'm not as hard on him as others. The, the fact remains he's not the most accurate passer, and he's not the guy that's going to hit the middle of the field. And if he's unable to run the ball the way that UCLA plays defensively, uh, hitting the middle of the field is going to be there all day. And then I'm not saying he shouldn't start, uh, but but I'm just really curious to see if he hasn't been practicing like I've heard um, or practicing as much like I've heard, if he's going to be a 100% go against UCLA because I think that's, that's obviously uh, important. So moving beyond both sides of the ball, uh, the keys to this game to me are, are, are pretty apparent. Um, I've talked offense and defense, but special teams is a, is a major key. Um, Arizona's had some some awful special teams this year. Uh, Haversick missed a, an extra point, as we know, but that wasn't his fault. The the problem with that came on the snap. Um, and so, you know, it, it's just if it's not one thing on special teams, it's it's kind of another. I I would trust him in a situation where you have to make a field goal. I wouldn't trust the punting situation. Uh, my guess is it's Matt Aragon. It could be freshman Kyle Ossendorp. It doesn't matter. I mean, Aragon's averaging 35 yards a punt, which is awful. Uh, the return game hasn't really been there with Taylor, Brightwell, Castile, etc. for Arizona because the coverage hasn't been great. Um, UCLA, on the other hand, two kick return touchdowns against Washington State. Uh, kick coverage, though, hasn't been great. Field goal kicking hasn't been great. Um, so they've been inconsistent, similar uh, to Arizona. This game could very well come down to special teams. I know that talking to the Arizona players on Tuesday, each one of them, whether they were on special teams or not, mentioned it as being a factor. So Kevin Sumlin has approached the practice this week uh, with special teams being a major, major focus for Arizona. They are fully aware that even though UCLA special teams have been inconsistent, you still have a guy like Felton and such who, who is able to break off a long return. And that long return, should it come on Saturday, against two relatively even-matched teams, could very well uh, be the difference in the game. And so it, it's it, it's going to be interesting. I You know, I've always felt this since the season began, even though it, I, I say always, it's only been three weeks or whatever, but Arizona's punting is so bad. I, I mean, there's, there's no way around it. It is awful. It's crazy. Um, you know, Aragon was a walk-on, I believe, but Austin Dorp as a freshman and scholarship player just isn't the guy. Uh, I don't know if he's the guy moving forward. Maybe he's just got freshman jitters or whatever it is, but he was terrible in, in the action that he got too. So, you know, eventually one of these days Arizona's going to have a bad pun, and, and it's really going to cost them. It didn't cost them so far this season. Maybe it did against Hawaii with field position, but I'm talking where the punt's so bad that, uh, you know, the coverage just isn't there and the other team scores on a punt return. It could be this week. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Uh, another key uh, is something I talked about earlier, game planning. I mean, at the end of the day, a lot of these games that Arizona plays comes down to game planning. We mentioned Marcel Yates versus David Yost. The winner of that, to me, was, was the guy that was going to win that game. Uh, and, and Yates won that, that coaching matchup. This week, um, you know, it is the gap between Noel Mazzoni and, and Azanaro on UCLA bigger than the gap between uh, Chip Kelly and Marcel Yates. It's going to be interesting. 
Um, you know, if Marcel Yates calls a game like he did against Texas Tech, Arizona has the advantage. If the similar defensive strategy, which was the strategy was awful against Hawaii, um, you know, off tangent a little bit. As I said, I, to me, Arizona lost on Hawaii game completely based on coaching strategy. The defensive strategy was just awful, allowing receivers to run unimpeded, etc. If Arizona has a bad defensive strategy, its players aren't good enough to make up for it, in, in my opinion. So uh, the key to the game, one of the keys to the game, obviously, is what kind of game plan are we going to see? Does Arizona spy DTR? Does it blitz them? Uh, does it give them a few extra yards to try to keep guys in front of them, etc.? cetera? Uh, to me, there's just so much at play with that defensive strategy. Um, and, and the last one is turnovers. We're talking about three keys to the game. Turnovers. 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 And that, according to the players, has been the other focus. It's been special teams and turnovers. And those messages are a lot easier when you see that UCLA the week before forced uh, six turnovers, like we mentioned. And Arizona doesn't turn the ball over a ton. When it does turn the ball over, it loses. Most teams do. Um, but, it, it, you know, Khalil Tate's got to avoid those dumb interceptions. Uh, you know, I, I, you'd rather have that those plays where he runs out of bounds, which are awful, uh, compared to the interceptions like he threw uh, at the end of the first half against Texas Tech. He has to avoid those bad decisions because it feels like sometimes for every good play he makes, he makes a, a bad one. Um, he's got to avoid those bad decisions. Those running backs have to hold on to the ball. Those wide receivers have to hold on the ball because the UCLA defensive backs really rip for it. If Arizona could get out of this game with one or one turnover or less, uh, I think it's really hard for UCLA to win this football game because I think that means that Arizona's offense scored quite a few points. If Arizona goes out and turns the ball over three, four times, Arizona's probably going to lose this football game. So um, th- those are the three keys. And uh, it's something that Kevin Sumlin has uh, has really harped on uh, on this summer, this summer, this week. So uh, it, it's going to be a, a very interesting game to me. You know, my prediction for it, uh, I've been up and down. You know, I started this week saying that you, you know, it, again, had the UCLA watched his state game not happen the way it happened, I would pick Arizona and not think twice about it. But it happened. So uh, it, it's it's difficult for me to predict uh, this game. I'm leaning towards Arizona. Yesterday, I admit, I had talked myself into picking UCLA. That's where I'm at. Usually, I, I know. Like, I'll know. I'll tell you right now, I think Arizona's going to lose their next two games after UCLA probably, uh, you know, depending on what happens. And maybe I look at Colorado and change my mind, but probably not. Uh, UCLA, I don't know. But... I know that I'm always on the spot, and, and I have to print a, a prediction anyway, so I might as well make it on this Thursday morning. Uh, you know, I think that Arizona has an advantage by being home, and I feel as if UCLA isn't as maybe bad as we saw against Cincinnati and San Diego State. I don't even count the Oklahoma game. I just think Oklahoma is that good. So I don't think UCLA is as bad as we saw against San Diego State and Cincinnati, but I don't think it's as opportunistic, and I don't think the offense is as good as what we saw against Washington State. I think it's in between. Similar to Arizona, I don't think the defense is as good as we saw against Tech. I don't think it's as bad as we saw against Hawaii. So I'll go with the home team. I think Arizona's offense is more consistent on Saturday night. It's able to establish the run. I think Arizona's defense sells out against the run, and the cornerbacks do a good enough job on those wide receivers, uh, which Washington State obviously didn't do, but uh, you know, if there's one strength 
to Arizona's defense. I think it's clearly at corner with the secondary play. Uh, the safeties, not so much. The cornerbacks have been very good this season. So I'll go 41 uh, to 35. Let's just go 42 to 35. 42 to 35 Arizona is my prediction. Uh, I think Arizona edges out the Bruins. Uh, again, it's a big game. You know, if Arizona loses this game, the the feeling of what we all talked about and, and what you felt after Texas Tech is gone very fast. Um, and it's back to doom and gloom Arizona football. If Arizona wins, all of a sudden the Wildcats are 3-1. and one. They're going on the road in a winnable game against Colorado. And, and things get really interesting. So either way, I think it's going to be a very fun football game. Um, every week I kind of tell you what verdict would surprise me. The only thing that would surprise me is if UCLA blows out Arizona. I don't think that's happening. I could see Arizona blowing out UCLA. I, I really could. I could see UCLA from early in the season showing up and Arizona's offense controlling the ball with the run. I could see a close loss, close win, whatever. I would be very surprised if UCLA came into Tucson on Saturday night and just blew Arizona out. I, I don't think that's in the cards. I don't think UCLA is the type of team uh, to do that. Either way, uh, excited to see what happens. It's a busy week for Arizona Athletics with the football game, with the red and blue game. Uh, it should be pretty fun. And uh, my name's Jason Shear, as you probably know by now, the senior editor of Wildcat Authority. I thank you for, for joining me. We'll have a recap of this football game, obviously, and we'll take a look at the red and blue game once that is over as well. But uh, once again, thanks for joining me, and this has been the Wildcat Scoop Podcast. <laughs>